G'day, my name is Chris Anderson and welcome to the Ando and Co podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be sitting down with Colin Campbell, uh, who's a guy who I met around 2015. He was working in a different Keller William office in uh, Ontario and he was showing up every day for this class that we had called Bold, doing what we'd call is, is a Bold 100, which is, means 100 contacts every day um which was a, a hell of a lot more than everyone else in the class was doing at the time and, and i'm excited to see that a lot has happened from a success perspective since then to show that all that activity uh definitely pays off so i guess colin what can you tell us about yourself chris uh thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here my brother uh we need to have you visit canada again it's always great having you um like you rightfully said us being in bold but more importantly, whom, who am I first? I'm a father, I'm a husband, that's it. I just happened to trading real estate, right? And that, for me to even start off with a conversation like, this is who I am, before I would introduce myself as my name and this was my position. Mm-hmm. I was a district manager, I was this, I was that, you know, I had the company car, all of these perks. And at one point uh, I was working for, you know, Radio Shack, I don't know what's the equivalent of that in, in Costa Rica. And I'm um, sorry, I was talking to somebody from Costa Rica before in Australia, um, whether it's your Best Buy, your, your tech store. And I was laid off Friday, a Thursday afternoon, because it's apparently you don't lay people off on a Friday because, you know, they don't have support to reach out to. Okay. Uh, a Thursday, they called me into the office and they said, uh, could you come into the office for a 11 o'clock meeting? Please bring your laptop, your, your phone, the car. We want to chat. Okay. And it was basically saying, this is your package. Thank you very much. Next. Mm-hmm. This is a company that I worked at. I worked my way up from a part-time sales associate now I'm district manager. I'm running, you know, 20 stores. I'm on track to be the youngest vice president in the company. And then within a split of a second, I'm walking out with my box of all my belongings and a taxi's waiting downstairs for me. Wow. And what were you, what were the thoughts running through your head at the time? How is this possible? Yeah. It's not real. I'm my drive home was about a 40 minutes drive with the taxi. And I remember crying the entire way. Yeah. And when Um, you say, was it, when you say crying, is it supporting my family? How is it that this happens to me? What was the key thing? Well, it's like, shut. How, how is, how can this work out? We purchased a home you know, a year ago, um, uh, at this point, my daughter is, you know, just over a year old. Mm-hmm. I have two kids. So my son and my daughter, um, my wife's a teacher. I was bringing in, you know, the main breadwinner. I was bringing in most of the money there. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have any of that. Mm. And I'm in this taxi ride home and I'm thinking, why me? How is this possible? And I got home, I let my wife know, and she said, you know what, we'll figure this out. Awesome. Uh, she said, we'll figure this out. Um, after that, I stayed home. And I was a stay at home dad for a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. A year and a bit while my wife goes to work, she would go to work and she, you know, she would be teaching. I would go down and I would, you know, take the kids out because at this point they're very young, Mm -hmm. a year and a bit. So, you know, we're going to the parks, we're doing stuff. I'm the, you know, stay at home dad. We're doing all these things. Then I would put them to sleep mid morning. And again, I would go down in my basement and cry. Wow. Because my job was my identity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a big deal. I'm a district manager. I do. I have the company credit card, all of this. Mm-hmm. When that happened, now I can look back at it. I'm grateful for the experience. 
extremely grateful for the experience because it allowed me to connect with my kids on a, such a deeper level. Um, so we did that for a year and a bit. We were at the park, we played. I remember teaching them their ABCs and watching Sesame Street, watching you know Count Dracula, Elmo. A lot of the songs are still in my head, right? <laughs> but going through that experience with them was a beautiful experience. And it allowed me to be the father that I want to be with my kids, where I'm present. Mm -hmm. So it's, and a, another lesson I learned from that is don't ever associate my, I, uh, my identity with any position. Okay. Who, yeah. Who's calling first? Who's calling? What's most important to me? I can be the, I want to be the best father possible to my kids. And I want to be the best husband to my wife. So that's what I strive for every day. So that's who I am. I'm also, you know, a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle and all these things has nothing to do with my position because mm -hmm. any position can come and go. This is who I am to the core. Mm. Right. So after that position, you know, got back into the working industry, but I also learned at that point, where my mark is and i almost drew a line in the stand if at any point work gets to a point where it's causing me to lose myself lose my identity i'm gonna just pick up and leave mm, okay so you know went into other retail positions managing big companies and so on the last position i was at i'm i'm there and you know i'm working and I came home and I told my wife, I was like, babe, I've been doing everything that I need to do at this position. I'm just not happy anymore. Okay. And my crazy wife says, I love her to that. She says, then leave, leave the job. And again, we'll figure it out. She said, we've done it in the past. So thanks for her support is where I am today. Mm -hmm. So she said that. Leave the, leave the position and, you know, we'll figure it out. That night I wrote my resignation. Okay. I was like, yep, I'm going to hand this in. I, next morning I got up, I went in my car, I drove to work. And I did that every day for the next nine months with my resignation letter in my car. Wow. Because I'm afraid to hand it in. I don't want to go back to the point where... My wife is doing everything she's working and she's providing for all of us. What does that stress? What does that struggle look like? I don't want to go back there. And then I slowly start to see that line being crossed where I'm not happy. The fulfillment is not there. I'm coming home and I'm really not, you know, there with them mentally or physically. Mm-hmm. And my wife reminded me, she said, this can, this can not just hurt your health. It can also hurt your relationship with, with her and the kids. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I got to protect this at all costs. Handed in my resignation and they, um, the, my manager at a point said, you know, did you win the lottery or something? Why on earth would you resign? Mm -hmm. You're like, you got everything going for you. I was like, I'm just not happy. And I thank you very much. After that was done, got straight into real estate. The next day I started studying for real estate. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. I would say study, get your license and then quit. <laughs> <laughs> I did it backwards. I quit, got my license and studied. I studied like I was studying for the bar exam. Mm. I literally damaged my eyes in the six months period, because every day I was just reading a textbook mm -hmm. and I literally damaged my eyes during that point. So now I got my real estate license, joined uh, Keller Williams as a real estate broker. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. All right. Like every agent thinks that way. <laughs> you <laughs> know the reality could, of it. How else could right? it not be like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got into the industry and it's like, okay, this requires work. Let me get in there and let me just start talking to people. Um, I was in real estate for my first nine months. I didn't do a single deal. Mm. 
all the monies that we had put aside, save, I was into that money. Mm. And I was back to that dark place where I was first laid off. Yeah. I'm back to that place now where there isn't enough money for the remainder days in the month. Mm -hmm. So at that point, my wife and I started chatting and we decided that we're going to get help from the food bank. Mm -hmm. And we started going to the food bank who would help us with, you know, meals for the week. And at that point, I remember specifically at this point, we've been using now the food bank for, you know, a couple of months. Mm -hmm. I got my first listing. I'm excited with that, but we're still using it because that monies doesn't come in for another 90 days. Mm. Right. So that's the beauty of real estate. Right. So that money takes a while to roll in. We're still going to the food bank. So one Saturday, my wife is getting ready to leave home and go to the food bank. And she said, um, she said, all right, I'll, I'll be back in a bit. And it was just that look in her eyes that I saw it as disappointment. A disappointment in me. And if I were to ask her, she would say no. But it was just that glimpse in her eyes. And I was like, I can't let my family do this. Mm. I can't put them through that. So I started going you know, like crazy. I was door knocking every day. Mm-hmm. And then I started cold calling. Mm-hmm. And this is where we met. Yeah, yeah. Because when we met, I'm still in that phase where I'm at the food bank. However, yeah. I decided at that point in my career, I need success like right away. Mm-hmm. And I know the more people that I spoke to, the more contacts I made, the more contracts I will write. Mm-hmm. And it was a math formula. I talked to more people, I'm going to do more business. Mm-hmm. So my one goal every day was just to go out and talk to the most people as possible. That is why I was relentless every day in doing a bowl 100. Yeah, Not bro. just so everyone can look around the room and think, okay, he's the hardest worker in the room. No, I want to provide for my family. Mm. So there you go. Interesting. And I think the the big thing for me is that the interesting thing about being a salesperson is people, regardless of what's happening in your life, people will pick up how you feel. People will pick up on the vibe that you put out. And at no point would I have realized in those classrooms, when you show up with a big smile on your face, well-dressed, ready to go, putting in the work every day, at no point did I feel like if this guy were to have a sales conversation with me, I could sense his desperation. Do you know, like every day you just showed up like looking like a million bucks, ready to work hard, ready to do deals. I, I never would have been able to pick that. And what I learned in that, that same time is trust the process, mm-hmm. right? I know as long as I go there and I do the work, the business will come. Mm-hmm. It's the law. It's a law. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. You know, just like there's the law of gravity, there's the law of sowing and reaping. You jump off a building, you're going you're gonna to fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Law of sowing and reaping says you put into work, you're going to reap those rewards. It mm-hmm. might not be when you want it, but you're going to reap those rewards. It's like a farmer going out into the field and planting seeds. He's going to go out there every day and he's going to plant those seeds. Mm-hmm. Some of those seeds, birds will, you know, eat some of them. Some of them, they might land on rocks where they're not going to be on fertile ground. But the ones that catch, they're going to, it, they're going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So my goal every day was just to go there and plant seeds. So I believed in that law with every fiber in me. So that is why, you know, desperation never came across. Like I have to get this deal for me. Mm-hmm. It's just talking to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And just starting out with door knocking in Toronto or just outside Toronto, four months of winter, how, how was it doing? And how, when you went door knocking, how many hours in a day were you doing it generally for? And how long did it take you? And I guess, how did that then compare to then be able to make those contacts on the phone later? Um, I would be out there about three hours every day. 
And I door knocked an entire year without missing a day. When I say without missing a day, you know, Sundays were my day off. Holidays were my day off. But apart from, you know, my days off and holidays, I was out every single day door knocking. Mm -hmm. And then I would door knock half a day on Saturday. Well, half the time on Saturday. Mm-hmm. right it would be like two hours on saturday yeah, so yeah. just just going out there and do that and then that switchly change from being on the doors to the phones because i made that switch mm-hmm. the more contacts i made the more contracts i wrote mm-hmm. you know i'm talking to more people they're getting engaged yes they want to buy or sell so i've spoken to 20 people and five of them decide they want to they want to transact in real estate within the next six to nine months. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, that's a 25% conversion there. Yeah, yeah. What if I spoke to 100 people? Mm-hmm. Is the math still right? Mm-hmm. So that's where the talking to 100 people every day came from. Awesome. And how were you able to hold yourself accountable to do that every day? What was it that, that drove you to be able to do that so consistently? Um, I think when your back's against the wall, you realize how strong you really are. Mm. Right. And my back was against the wall and it was a point in my life that I never want to go back to. Mm -hmm. Every day I come to work, I'm creating as much distance between myself and that wall. That is how I see. I don't ever want to go back to that wall. So every word that I put in is to get as far away as possible from that wall. So you've always got that as a reminder to say, and it's possible to go back there, do the work you want to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to put into work, so I'm going to stay as far as possible from this. So that requires talking to as many people. That requires waking up early. That requires to being the first in the office, sometimes the last to leave. That requires putting in, the extra, the extra half an hour that requires going the extra mile because mm-hmm. most people don't go the extra mile. And just walk me through the, uh, some of the habits you have in place that allow you to do what you do at the moment. You mentioned waking up early. I know you do the contracts every day. What else do you do? And, and how early do you wake up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, on average, I'm up between 4 and 4.30 every day. Um, we mentioned this before, I haven't used an alarm clock in over 20 years. Uh, my body clock just wakes me up at that point. However, and I don't want to, I want to be careful how this is said. I go to bed extremely early. Okay. 9.30, I'm in bed. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock is me, like a late night. My wife is looking at me as like, whoa, it's a party night tonight for you or what? Yeah. So yeah. because my body requires so much sleep, but then I'm up. Mm-hmm. right uh, and I've also I like studying successful people mm-hmm. I read a lot of books and none of my books are fiction they're all self-help books mm-hmm. and I like to say I study successful people because my goal is to be successful mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that there are a lot of common traits with successful people you know they write their goals down mm-hmm. they're disciplined in certain areas most of them wake up early. So when I start studying successful people and I see these common traits, so I was like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Write your goals down, wake up early, be disciplined in certain areas, you know, stick to your goals, be committed. And because uh, I intend to be successful and I want to build not just a, a great life for myself, but create the legacy. And I see here's the roadmap that most successful people follow. All I need to do is just follow the roadmap. Mm. And it's interesting. I've seen through social media that you seem to have quite a lot of goals. What's your process for writing down all these goals? And and how many goals do you have at this stage? Right now, it's close to 500 right now. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think it was Jim Rohn that says, you know, just start writing your goals down. Just start writing your goals down. And a lot of my goals are, some are big goals and some are just small goals. 
-hmm. One of my goals, for instance, is to donate $5 million anonymously. Okay. Right? So that's one. Another one is to create 100 millionaires. Mm -hmm. But there are also small goals. Go to a restaurant, eat, and not look at the price point of the menu. Right. That was a big goal for me. Because coming from the struggles that I went through, you know, not having enough. Now, you know, you're, you're getting support from the food bank to help feed you. Mm-hmm. I would like to order the steak at $60. However, the chicken looks nice at, you know, 25. So let me order the chicken. Mm-hmm. So that was just one of the goals that I wrote down. Just go have a beautiful meal with your family and not look at the price. Mm. That was a goal that I would tell you, I only checked off like three years ago, wow. but it's such a simple goal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so my goals, they, they vary every time something comes to mind it's on my phone and i just write it down okay what about you know taking my kids to dubai and we skydive over you know the palm islands great that's that's a great experience let me make that as a goal mm-hmm. and the reason i write it all down is so that i can be specific mm-hmm. right i can be very specific about it so now it allows me to achieve it because if my goal is just to make more money, okay, how much money do you want to make? Mm-hmm. Is it $5 more? Is it $2 more? Is it 500000 more? Is it $5 million more? Mm. So when it's that specific, it allows me to focus and it allows me to achieve it. I will guarantee you, you were to write all your goals down, write a hundred of them down. Within the next year, you'll find yourself checking off at least 25 of them. Mm-hmm. because naturally you're going to surround yourself with people who will help you achieve those goals. Your brain, your RAS will connect to the things that, you know, you're looking for and it'll start finding solutions to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I write my goals down and I, I just keep adding to them. Interesting. Yeah. You mentioned the giving $5 million away anonymously. One of the stories that um, I connected with, was from a book and I don't know how I was recommended it, but it's called uh, the billionaire who wasn't. Yes. It's the story of Connor O'Cleary and he just made, he made a hell of a lot of money. Like he's given away well over, Oh, I think it's over 3 billion in his lifetime or something like that. Um, And he just realized that he built this massively successful business, but he didn't, feel successful until he was just making things happen for people. Like you say, a hundred millionaires, like that's the sort of goal that, that maybe makes you feel successful rather than having other people might have a billion dollars in their bank and, and only worry about themselves. But if your goal is to create a, a team of people who are all succeeding, then it, for depending on the way you're wired, then maybe that's a hell of a lot more motivating for you. How has that been for you in terms of going from being a single agent to running a team and where, where does that fit in the timeline for you? Um, that fit in the timeline. Cause I started off like you rightfully said, started off as a single agent. Mm-hmm. And then I partnered with a gentleman who um, had his real estate license uh, he was in the business for some time now. Mm-hmm. And after some time in our partnership, we realized he was terminally ill. Mm. Um, cancer. And after that, you know, a year and a bit later, he passed away. And here is somebody who was a friend, a mentor, passed away. He's been in the business, you know, for so many years, mm-hmm. close to 30 years in the business. Mm-hmm. And when all was said and done, there wasn't a lot there. Okay. Right. And I quickly realized I now need to treat this as a business because mm-hmm. most real estate agents don't treat real estate as a business. The moment you stop selling real estate, you stop on that treadmill 
mm-hmm. you'll stop making money. So as a business now, you don't have to be on that treadmill every day. Mm. How, how can you make your, I think it was 50 cents that said that you're not making money until you're making money when you're sleeping. Okay. Right. So then is when you know you have a business. So at that point, I click into, instead of me doing this by myself, let's create a team. Mm-hmm. And then I started a team shortly thereafter had a very successful team. Now I'm at that level, I'm still running the team and then I'm looking at what is the next level. Mm-hmm. Instead of now running the team, how can I own the brokerage? Mm. That became the next level. And it's been close to a year now that I've taken over the brokerage, but there's always another goal, right? Mm. And the goal is freedom. That is yeah. the goal to do what you want, when you want, with whoever you want, and to give as much away as possible. Mm. Money, it, and the goal is, it's, it's not just money anymore. Money is good for the good it can do for others. Mm. So now if I can teach, show people how to make money. Now, I'm not just changing that person's life. I'm all, almost changing their family tree. Mm-hmm they can now go out there and build a legacy. And I had a small part to do with that. Mm. And I guess um, just thinking back to even before the story of you working at Radio Shack, I understand you're from Guyana beforehand. Yes, Guyana, correct. Yeah. How, uh, how does the family feel in Guyana about all that you're up to over in Toronto? Um, well, I'm the eldest of seven. Okay. Right, uh, seven of us. Uh, so I came to next week will be 20 years since I've been in Canada. Yeah. I came to Canada with $300 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. We've added a few zeros since then. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but the beauty is, is when I came to Canada, four years later, I sponsored my entire family. My mom, oh. my stepdad, and my siblings. Wow. So now they're all here. Holy. Yes. And when, when, they, when they first came to Canada, they were living with us. So could you imagine <laughs> 10 people in your house? <laughs> so you have your wife and your, yeah. your, your two kids yeah, plus yeah. 10. Wow. Yeah. So I had them. They, they moved in with us. They lived with us for six months and it was basically said, okay, we're going to help you, you know, do what needs to be done to get you on your feet. But after six months, you're going to be moving out on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're going to either start renting and so on. When it came time for them to move out to rent, my wife and I, we looked at it as instead of having them rent, why don't we just buy a house and have them rent from us? Oh, cool. Right. So we bought a house, had my family rent from us. Mm-hmm. And then the same principle that I want to create uh, millionaires, I taught that to my family first. Okay, we're going to have mom buy our house first, and then she's going to move out. And then my brother, he's going to buy and then move out. And that is what I did. Really? Now, pretty much all of them have moved out. They have their own home. They have their own businesses. My brother, one of my brother, he's a contractor. He employs like seven people. Um, my other brother works for Apple as a manager there, right? They're all in, in business. Yeah. And is this something that they were doing back in Guyana? Or is this something that they've learned since they moved to Toronto? Well, uh, my mom is the ultimate, uh, entrepreneur because okay. she, she was a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, raising seven kids with stuff. So she was always, you know, she's an ultimate entrepreneur. So there, it's looking for opportunity. Mm. So for every one of them, this is not what they did back home. They came here, they saw the opportunity. My brother, who is a contractor renovator, and he does a lot of business, he has an accounting degree. Okay. (laughs) However, you come to a new country, you look for the opportunities. 
and that was a skill for him he my family they're very hands-on mm-hmm. i'm not i'm okay i manage people i manage my family yeah, yeah my sister she'll go in she'll paint the room she'll knock out this wall and put up a next wall i can't do that okay. i'll manage her but yeah, i can't yeah. do that so it's understanding your strengths and playing within it and also always looking for opportunities because there's a, they're everywhere mm. can you give me an example of an opportunity that popped up for you that just some out of nowhere that's that's played out well for you like something that stands out well for in, the same one that i mentioned with um when they were looking to rent mm-hmm. they were looking to rent and we've taken them around you know, we had a real estate agent helping us. We went around, looked at homes and then a home almost three blocks from us. The, the people were thinking of selling it. So I said, what would you consider selling it for? They give, us, they give me a price. And then I went back home and I said to my wife, I think we can make this work. Mm-hmm. Reached out to the bank, um, had a great relationship with the bank manager. She's like, yeah, we could, we could pull this together. And that was an opportunity. They were still close to us. So my kids, uh, they're coming home from school, can still go stay with my mom. But that was an opportunity that could easily be passed up, right? Don't get me wrong. I've missed out on many opportunities as well. Mm. But knowing that having that mentality where you're always looking for opportunities, you'll see more of it. Yeah. Yeah. And... You mentioned moving from a single agent, running a team, now running a brokerage. Walk me through what it's like to run a brokerage and just how big that brokerage is. And also the leadership that you had leading up to now being at, being able to step into that leadership role within the brokerage. What, what can you uh, tell us about that? So moving from you know running a team of you know four agents to now running a brokerage of 240 agents, Mm. it's it's a massive difference yeah however everything that i've done in my life has led me to this point Mm. manager at radio shack a district manager various sales positions Mm -hmm. the books that i'm reading over the last two and a half years all i've been reading was leadership books wow books were on leadership so when an opportunity like this showed up for me to buy the brokerage i was ready Mm. there's no way i would have been able to you know buy the brokerage if i wasn't ready mentally Mm. and it's the same principle where they you know there's these tv shows where people that win the lottery they go back broken five to seven years i think they say 95 percent of everybody that wins the lottery goes back broken in five years mm-hmm. because they haven't be they didn't become a millionaire in their own mind because mm. you're using the same habits of someone who's just accustomed to spending money mm. so for me to be a leader i was preparing for this position all along intentionally or unintentionally mm-hmm. So when the position opened up, mentally, I was ready. My, I've developed my leadership skills over, over the time I was ready. Financially, I made certain moves where I was ready. Mm. And what so are his, it, sorry, go on. It, I think it, it's rare that, you know, our, we should never stop learning mm-hmm. and having that, that, pursuit of knowledge or that eagerness to get better that in itself is what allows us to live our truest potential Mm. and i think the one of the really helpful things for me when i was working at keller williams back in toronto was the culture of the brokerage was that the agents would come in and teach and you'd always get opportunity to learn from leaders to find out what they were doing. And it was effectively an open book situation yes. where other agents could come in and learn from these people as well. Um, but there would be, if you were wanting to learn from other people in the same business as you, 
there would always be opportunities. Are there are there certain people that you met along the way that you just went, oh, this person's doing exactly what I need to be doing, and and I want to follow in their footsteps? Absolutely. Um, I remember, like, there's so many people that. I don't know, and there's no shot to any other brokerages out there, but Keller Williams is the only one I know. If I weren't at Keller Williams, would I have been where I am today? I doubt it. Mm. Because of that culture of teamwork, of collaborating, of wanting to see you succeed as much as I want to see myself succeed. Mm. Right? It's also having mentors who, people who have gone before you, because I don't need to relive all their experiences. I just need to learn from their experiences. Yeah. Right. And that is why I read so many books. I'm mentored by Warren Buffett because I've read his books. Mm-hmm. Right. In today's day and age, you can be mentored by anyone dead or alive mm-hmm. because there's so much information and material out there from that person. Um, so, I'm always looking to gain knowledge that way, but uh, also looking at people who is built a business or where you're looking to go to, or what are one of your goals, who's achieved those goals already, Mm. right? And then you surround yourself with people like that. So knowingly or unknowingly, two years ago, three years ago, I started surrounding myself with, you know, big leaders, people who own many brokerages, many locations. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning from them. Awesome. So naturally, you know, you start hanging out with a bunch of millionaires. Naturally, you'll be the next millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they say you're the average of the five, seven people you surround yourself with. So I was always raising my lead. I never wanted to be the, you know, the smartest person in the room. I wanted to be in a room and think, look around and think, how on earth did I get in here? Mm. Right? How did I get in here? I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in this room because this is what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Most people want to be in a room where they're the center of attention and all that knowledge and people are coming to them for all that knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. When I die, I want it to be on my tombstone that's that student. Yeah, right. I'm constantly learning and I want to learn from as many people as possible. What all of my goals, somebody has done it before. Mm. I just need to connect with people who've done it, learn from their mistakes. Mm. And with everything that you've done, have you had help along the way? Have you worked with a coach? And I guess at, at what point did, did that start stepping in for you, if that was the case? Um, yes. The answer to that is yes. Okay. Now I can expand. Okay. Uh, no, no man's an island. Nobody succeeds alone. Nobody succeeds alone. Everyone who's given you that little encouragement, you know, that high five, that pick you up when you were feeling down, you know, a little nudge in the right direction. They're all a part of your success. Mm. Everyone that I came in contact with throughout the brokerage in my previous careers, they're a part of my success. I'm grateful for everyone in my past and mm-hmm. my, 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 my present as well. Because my success, they're, they're also a part of my success. So I would like to start off with that. We're ne- we never do it alone. You're not an island. Mm. And who knows what it would have been like if, you know, one day I was down and I'm feeling down on myself and that agent didn't come into the office and say, I just admire how you just keep going, even though when you're hearing a hundred no's every day. Mm. That gave me the strength to go a, li- a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. That person is a part of my success. Uh, now, formally, um, do I have a coach? Uh, I picked, I started, uh, I hired a coach six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I hired a coach, studying successful people, you realize, you know, all professionals, they have a coach, right? 
basketball basketball players, football players, soccer players, boxers. All mm. professionals have a coach. I consider myself a professional. Why don't I have a coach? Okay. And a coach doesn't necessarily mean that they need to, you know, sell 500 homes or a thousand homes. A coach just helps you just look at they a coach sees your blind spots and mm. see where you're stepping in your own way and say, Hey, just step out of your own way right now. Or have you considered this? Have you thought of this? Mm. What if we were to change this? That's what a coach does. So um, I'm extremely grateful for my coaches, whether it's a formal coach mm-hmm. or just people that I can sit down with and just talk and share ideas with. Because um, the, they're not the only people that have coached me, my formal coach, mm-hmm. you know, people in my circle. Mm-hmm. You're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. The people in my circle, they're constantly coaching me and they're constantly allowing me to think bigger, strive for more. I remember being in a group and one time my goal was, you know, to create five millionaires. Mm-hmm. And we have a group, you know, a small group of us. And it was like, I think it was five or six of us in the group at that point. And I said, yeah, my goal is to create five millionaires. And almost everyone in the group looked around to me and said, why are you being so selfish? Really? But five millionaires? Why just five? If you want to make an impact on this planet, five is enough? Okay. My goal was to give away, you know, a million dollars over time. And they're like, a million dollars? What can a million, how many people's lives can a million dollars change? My goal was to feed a hundred family every Christmas. And they're turning around and say, Colin, stop being selfish. A hundred families. So every year after that, I started doubling it. Then 200 families. Last year, we fed 500 families. This year, we're going to feed a thousand families. So I'm grateful for these people who are constantly pushing me, right? And allowing me to think bigger and strive for bigger things. And just thinking about all the things that you do, getting up early, reading the books, Putting in the putting in the calls, running the business. When do you switch off? Uh, there's this fa- there's this famous thing on um, YouTube that says, "Here's to the crazy ones." Yep. Right. I, I I just love it. Every every now and again, I, I I play it. The truth is, it's hard to switch off. Um, and that is why I meditate now. Mm-hmm. I've been meditating now for four years. And that is just to quiet my mind. Mm. And meditation has taught me to be present. Right? When I'm having dinner with my family, mm. I can be present and in the moment. Mm. And not think about how do I go bigger, faster, stronger? Because yeah, yeah. that's what I'm always thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can quiet that part of my mind and say, no, we're having dinner. We're going to just chill. And I'm going to find out how my kids were in school, what they're doing and be engaged in that conversation. I don't have to worry. Is the phone ringing? Is the TV on? None of that. So meditation has taught me how to just be present. I haven't mastered it as yet. That is why I'm still meditating every day. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) So the goal is every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Awesome. And while you're, while you're climbing this mountain, while you've gone from manager of Radio Shack to getting laid off to other sales roles, moving into real estate, doing all the calls, do you have a part of your goals holidays or like I know for me quite often I'll just I'll get stuck in just thinking about work all the time and my partner won't necessarily think that that's the right thing to do but I probably similar to you I struggle to turn that off do you when you do you 
have holidays always been a thing or did you feel like at a point you started earning those holidays? How have you been able to fit in those those times where you switch off and sort of relax with the family as a group? Um, the routine that I've developed over the last four and a half years, January 1st, my family and I, we sit down with a calendar for the entire year. Awesome. And we plan vacations. Awesome. Okay, we're in a real way. We're going to be away in August. We're going to be away in March. We're going to be away in Christmas, in, you know, December. Mm-hmm. What weekends do I need to be home? Oh, let's take this long weekend here. Let's do this. Here's a holiday. Let's book this off. Mm-hmm. Great. Birthdays for the kids. Family functions. All of that I mark off. And then I look at my family and I said, okay, is there anything else we need to add to this? No, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Okay, great. So now outside of that, are you okay with me working every day now on this list? <laughs> right? No, yeah. well, everything that hasn't sure. been marked off. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything that hasn't been marked off, I'm working that. Yeah. Right? We already planned, okay, come home early these days. Okay, great. Mm. What day you want me to come home early? Oh, let's do the middle of the week. What is early? Four o'clock or is it three o'clock? Let's go for four. Okay, great. So once, uh, once a week, once a month, you know, I'm taking the Fridays off or I'm mm-hmm. coming home early on Wednesday. All of that is marked off in my calendar. Mm-hmm. I give that now to my assistant who now puts that in my annual calendar. Everything that is remaining, I go to work. <laughs> and I guess the, the interesting thing for me, now that you run a team and now you run a brokerage, I know that a lot of people don't feel that way. Like they're happy to just turn off at any given point and they have to sort of push themselves to work. At the moment, you know you're going to be working. You have to push yourself to, to stop working. How do, yeah. when, you, when you see people walk into the brokerage or as part of your team, what is it that you see in them where you say that person's going to be successful? It's the desire. It's the desire to be successful. Um, and not only desire, but the willingness to put into work. Mm. Right. Because of social media, where we are, everyone wants instant gratification. Um, could you imagine if a farmer wanted instant gratification? I planted a seed today and I want fruits today. Yeah, yeah. Right. So being willing to put into work. And so as the leader of the brokerage, we're going to teach you how to buy and sell more homes. We're going to teach you how to be how to build a massive life. Mm-hmm. You also need to want it more than I want it for you. Mm. Right? That has to be a desire, a burning desire in you, because I'm going to see the potential in you and I see potential in everyone. And I want greatness for everyone that we're in partner, partnership with. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want that for yourself, you know, I, I, I can't help you that much there. And so when you're hiring for your team or for your brokerage, are you generally looking, that's it's desire and work ethic. They're the main things. Desire, work ethic, uh, culture. You know, we're looking for people who are hungry, humble, and smart. That's it. Mm. Everything else we can teach you. Mm. You're hungry where, you know, this is what I want. I'm going to go after it. I'm humble where I don't know all the answers and I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. Smart, not necessarily IQ, but EQ. You know, you can read a room. You can, you know how to talk to people. Mm. Everything else we can teach you. We can mm. teach you, you know, how to write a contract, the, the required scripts. But that's who we're looking to be in business with. People who are hungry, humble, and smart. Awesome. And look, we're, we're close to wrapping up at this stage, but I guess the one question that I have for you is, is there, what, what one thing do you think you started doing differently that allowed you to sell a hell of a lot more property? If there was like a switch moment where you just went, I started showing up in this way, I started doing this activity, I started doing X, what was it that allowed you to just start getting much better results? It's when I started working for my customers, my clients, being more specific to their needs. Mm. and not the next paycheck. Mm-hmm. 
the moment I started pouring into all my clients and mm. finding out, oh, and your son, I'm now listening and we're talking and your son likes Lego. Okay, when I'm coming back, let me just bring a small box of Lego. Mm. And I started pouring more into them. My business flourished. Mm. Jim Rohn, and I, I guess I'm quoting Jim Rohn a lot here today. You know, he said, you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. Mm. Right? So the moment I made that switch in really pouring into them, finding out what are their goals and helping them achieve that goal, the money came. Mm. That was it. Awesome. That was it. And so the, I guess the good thing that you have now is that you have a team, you have a brokerage, you get to do exactly the same thing with every person that you work with as well. Absolutely. It's pouring into every one of our agents. Every one of our agent partners is pouring into them. What are your goals? Mm. Okay, great. Your goal is to sell, you know, to sell seven homes. Great. We'll show you how to do that. I'll hold you accountable to that. Your goal is to sell 700 homes. Fantastic. Let's put together a system around that. Mm. Your goal is to have a vacation, you know, one week every month. Absolutely. Let's do that. Let's leverage. Let's get you help, an assistant, an admin. Mm -hmm. Let's get you that. So it's allowing everyone to achieve their goals. And as the leader, I achieve my goals. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to cover off on? Um, attitude is important. Um, the way there's the saying, your attitude determines your altitude mm -hmm. how you show up every day determines you know how high you're gonna go and coming from that place of gratefulness i might not have everything that i need today mm -hmm. but i'm darn grateful for everything that i have so far awesome. right i'm grateful that i was able to wake up today i'm grateful for the business i'm grateful for my friends I'm grateful for the mentors that are in my corner. A lot of things I don't have, and that's okay. Here are the things that I'm grateful for. And I think spending more time in gratitude opens up us for so much more. Awesome. Well, Colin, thanks very much for your time today. Certainly a pleasure sitting down with you. And I look forward to eventually being able to come over and see you again. Um, maybe I might be traveling to Australia before that, but we'll see. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Thank you. Cheers, my brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.